Hi, we're here at the Open RAN North America event, which was the same site as the 5G Transport and Networking Strategies event earlier this week. I'm here with Gabriel Brown. Hi, Gabe, how are you? Hey, Phil, yeah, not too bad, thanks. Good. Even though I've been at a conference for two days. It's been a lot, and there's been a lot of stuff to take in. Um, I, I kind of want to go back to the very beginning of the 5G Transport Conference, uh, because we were talking about, or you were talking about on stage, kind of just how the 5G market's evolving. Um, and I found it interesting that the U.S. carriers are kind of in a different spot than a lot of the uh, carriers around the world in terms of getting the balance right for ARPU, for uh, you know, what they're spending on their network. What was the sort of the overall takeaway from, from, uh, from that uh, observation? Yeah, so the, in some of these events, we go relatively deep on some of the technologies and things like that. But to really put that in context, you do need a, a sort of a market view. Mm -hmm. um, so I just gave a, a bit of an overview. Your point is, yes, the U.S. market is actually a pretty good place. U.S. wireless market overall uh, is working well as an ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So, for example, um, consumers, customers get good service. I know you Americans, they kind of yeah, expect we good service. We complain but, a lot, but, but we know, do get good service. Uh, you yeah. pretty much get good service, but you pay for the privilege. So as a rough rule of thumb, ARPU, smartphone ARPU, postpay in the US is about twice what it is in the UK. Mm. Now, we've given the population size of the US as well, it's therefore a vastly bigger market. Yeah. What's great is the operators are recycling a lot of that revenue back into network investment. Mm. It is happening, I mean, right now in, in uh, 21, 22, and it will be in 23 as well. We're right in the kind of crucible of an absolutely massive build out here in the US with mm. mid-band, whether that's 2.5 or, or C-band. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting too because I, I, however much we Americans complain about our cell service, I, I haven't really spoken to anyone who's um, got it worse now than they had a couple of years ago. Like it's it's progressively getting better. And say what you want about you know 5G coverage not being great in some some areas or whatever, but overall the service, it's clear that they're investing in the networks because the service is improving. In that vein. What did you see from your uh, on your way to the event from the airport? Because I think that that kind of tells you a little bit about how the market's evolving as well. Yeah, so I haven't been to New York for at least since 2019, I think, mm -hmm. you know, with um, uh, COVID and everything like that. But so you're uh, getting a ride in from JFK into, into town along, I think it's called the Van Wick Expressway, yes. where you come in. And so now all those tall buildings along the, along the highway, they've always had cell antenna systems, but they are now festooned with, with mid-band. You can mm -hmm. see they're the smaller square radios. Yeah. And so there's been this huge, huge, huge investment across, across the US in the past couple of years. And that's, you know, you can see it if you just look up as it were. Yeah. Um, they're absolutely everywhere and it's, it's a, it's a manifestation of it. Yeah, it's kind of funny how the, how the, the, the physical antennas are showing up when, uh, you know, we used to complain about, uh, I guess, when, when fiber build-outs were happening, we complained about street furniture and, and neighborhoods and stuff like that. And now it's it's rooftop litter. <laughs> it's just, you know, these, these antennas everywhere. But it does tell you the investments are being made, you know, services being turned on. And, uh, and clearly the carriers feel like there's a lot more uh, upside, you know, ahead. Um, as far as the RAN goes, uh, just to put you on the spot a bit, was there any, I guess, architectural changes that stood out to you that carriers are making as they're sort of absorbing more 5G subscribers and hoping to provide more 5G services? Yeah, I mean, the, the really important and biggest question in RAN architecture 
for 5G now is this next phase of the evolution. We have non-standalone. We have overnight operators relatively have been able to double capacity in their, in their networks. That has a knock-on. It's good for customer service and so forth. The next move is to go to this standalone model. So right. that itself is going to be is a very complex um, transition. Yeah. And so I, you know, all sympathies with operator engineering teams trying to figure it out. There's lots of implications for how they use their spectrum, how they refarm from 4G to 5G, how they move devices over, how they integrate that into a, into a, a you know operational system. That's better. It has to be better than what we already have today. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 where their their business you know kind of depends on it being um, you know not just a, not just a, a another version of the same service. It has to be a completely you know different platform so they can offer differentiated services. That's the that was the takeaway too that that uh, that we, we we don't we don't really feel like we've won until we're offering a service that we simply couldn't offer on any other network. Um, what were there any other uh, you know. Kind of high-level takeaways from the uh, uh, from the 5G transport event because that that one to me was is just the one of the few places where we talk about both the uh, the underlying you know optical layer and the radio you know uh, yeah. connections all in the same spot and we just keep volleying back and forth. It gives you a really uh, you know it's a lot to absorb, but it's it's a, it's a really good understanding of what's happening in the market. Yeah, that's kind of why we do the event, because we're trying to put optical, packet, radio, mobility, you know, mm -hmm. put all those pieces together. That's what a system is. That's what a mobile network uh, 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 fundamentally is. I mean, I think the, the, the main finding really is how the different teams from an operator or a vendor or any other interested party mm -hmm. actually just need to collaborate so much. There's so many tight links between transport and radio performance, between mobility and your topology. Yeah. Even as a customer, how do I access a particular service from, let's say, the internet or someone's caching site or some other um, edge data center, something like that? And it's all wrapped into this system that each part has to collaborate and each constituency yeah. has to collaborate with their, with their peers. Any uh, uh, predictions about what we might be talking about in this space next year? Uh, maybe, the, maybe the advent of... Uh private 5G is like a major market force or something like that? You know, I think, honestly, we'll probably be talking about the same kinds of things. I think sure. one thing is, you know, we want to, what's the next, what's the hottest, but yeah. these things just take a time. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so it's, you know. It'll be more about showing, each operator showing progress in their own way and sort of, you know, getting getting closer to what, what they think is the optimal network. Yeah, just moving one step to the next, making these transitions take, you know, years, let's say 10 years for a typical telecom cycle. Right, yeah. So keep that in mind. That said, yes, private 5G is getting, you know, very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of its own topic again, you know. You, yeah. You've then got to align with well, what does the enterprise want? What are their right. yeah, yeah. what are their time cycles? You know, what um, if it's uh, someone who owns industrial equipment or heavy plant? What upgrade cycle are they on? So again, it's yet another round of synchronizing with with different constituencies. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, well, let's leave it there for now, and uh, hopefully, we'll we'll see you sooner than next year. <laughs> but uh, Gabe, thanks so much. Cheers, Phil.